again ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of wait what what show is this <laughs> um, this is cranked and ranked um well that was the that was you just heard my brain like the whatever's supposed to be connecting in your brain didn't connect and it was like <laughs> literally there was a space of like nothing and i was like wait this is called cranked and ranked yes hello everyone <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> and uh, also welcome to the second of our two-part Red Hot Chili Peppers discography ranking. And uh, be prepared for a slightly different kind of episode than uh, last time, uh, because on my part anyway, um, this is literally <laughs> going to be me talking about five albums that I love. So uh, it'll, be, uh, it'll be very lighthearted. Um, I, I'm once as the... Oh, shit, man. Okay, this is getting edited out. <laughs> Boom, right there. As always, I am your uh, host, Stephen, or Old Head, and with me, as always, is Mr. Eddie Sparks. Hello, sir. Yo. Hold on, I'm adjusting my microphone. <laughs> that will also be edited out. Or might not be, We've I got- don't know. Who knows? Maybe not. We should just start having, like, random little Eric Andre bits on the show that just, like, don't make any sense yeah. at all, but it's just <laughs> hilarious that they're there. I'm going to start editing things to where they don't make any sense whatsoever, just non-sequiturs, like, leading into other <laughs> ones that... Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, Eddie, hello. You already, I'm sure you already said hello. I did. I, I'm going to get my <laughs> shit together, I promise. Well, let me take a sip of coffee. Okay, so the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Last time we talked about the bottom six of our uh, ranking. Today is the top five. And so um, uh, I guess we really don't have a lot to... We don't have to, to lead into it because we did that last time. We, we did a big lead into it and talked about our story with the, with the Red Hot Chili Peppers and our experience with them. Um, so if you want to hear all that, go and listen to the first part. But this is part two with the, uh, the cream of the crop today. So um, let's let's not even let's not beat around the the stone cold bush. <laughs> Sorry, that, that doesn't make any sense. But I had to I had to put that in because as soon as I the word bush was going to come out of my mouth, I'm all like, oh, there's a song. <laughs> it's a song. I, title. I mean, we've we for some reason we've been on it with the segues and the puns and shit these last few episodes. So Absolutely, I'm, I'm excited to see where this one goes. Yeah. All right. So um, without further ado. Let's get into Eddie's number five Red Hot Chili Peppers album. Okay, so my number five Chili Peppers album is Freaky Styly. Nice. So this album has a a pretty healthy emphasis on the funk side of their sound. Mm -hmm. Like this, this is the first to feature uh, the band's original guitarist, Hillel Slovak, who wasn't on the debut uh, it was Jack Sherman on the debut, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. They're, I think that they... I don't remember why, because because Hillel was originally in the band and then somehow was not in the band during the recording of the first album. Yeah, I think that might have been like a, a little mini fallout, and then he came back after the album was made or something. Yeah, maybe so. Yeah. It was also... Uh, uh, is it George Clinton? 
George Clinton produced it. Yeah, he produced it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. It, and that it just goes to show it really, really has that real funk emphasis. Um, and Jungle Man is a good opener for this album. You know, it's a great chorus. Cool guitar solo from Hillel. You know, not to mention the tasty fucking bass playing from Flea right off the bat. Like, he is just coming into it full-on slap mode. Ah, fucking Hollywood Africa. or Sorry, Hollywood Africa. (laughs) is a full-on funk fest. Uh, American Ghost Dance. Do you know why it's it's called Hollywood parentheses Africa? You know, I'm blanking now, but I, I think I... Because it is a cover of a song by the Meters called Africa, but they changed the some of the lyrics and changed it to ah. Hollywood. And so that's why it's Hollywood, parentheses, Africa, because it's actually a pretty much a cover of that song. But it's not the Africa everybody thinks of either. So it's, it's like such a confusing like thing. <laughs> it's like when you say, oh, do you like that song Africa? You think of Toto. Yeah, no, no, this is a, this is a totally different song than that Africa. oh man like a lot of songs i find out through this show are actually covers because like i'll say oh i like that one and you'll chime in with oh did you know it was a cover i had no idea (laughs) i mean there's there's one other cover on this album let's see if you know it oh shit (laughs) uh so so we get uh american ghost dance american American ghost dance (laughs) (laughs) his horns are fucking tasty Man, like this song is so tasty that they ripped themselves off and made Hump de Bump nearly 20 years <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, if you want me to stay, again, like so much emphasis on that funk feel. And that is a cover. Uh, yes. That is, that is a cover of a song by Sly and the Family Stone, um, nice. which is already a really great song, but I think the Chili did a really good cover of it. Mm, like uh, that's the thing about these like, um, early Chili's albums, you can tell like that they're into it. They're really into the stuff that they're doing. Yeah. Um, now, never mind. That song is the closest thing so far to the debut album, like sound-wise. Yeah. Um, Freaky Styly is a cool, vibey title track going like full psychedelic mode. You know, yep. I even got a few like Les Claypool vibes from those like power chords on the bass uh black eyed blonde awesome ape noise contest about halfway through (laughs) (laughs) um the brothers cup is a full-on funker like funk is so present on this album if you love the funky stuff they do this is like they never did more than this on yeah. any other album like this is the one that emphasizes i mean i would hazard to, to even say this is much closer to just being a funk album than a funk rock album um we've got battleship though like this is full-on hardcore punky on on fucking battleship but and it's, it's interesting and- that they wait until track nine to finally have something that could be rock and roll related on this album yeah, it, it's a weird track list, and we we get into the really weird section now, where not only have we just had like the first rock track, we now get loving and touching. And 
Origin. It's just like a, a nice little interlude to break up these two rocking numbers, because then immediately after that, Catholic schoolgirls rule. Catholic schoolgirls rule. I was trying. I was trying to sing the whole thing, but then you chimed in like a second later. Sorry, like it's okay. Like, I try, I try I was, to stay. I, was... I try to stay online with you, but that is that is the the technology <laughs> we're dealing with. There's always some kind of lag, you know. But whatever, you know. At least at least we have the technology where we can converse with each other from across the world. But you know, I I kept the melody going, but like the words became gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I when I mix the podcast, I'm just going to cut myself out totally, and it'll just, it'll just sound like you've had a stroke or something. <laughs> just just Eddie speaking in tongues in his room. <laughs> oh man! Oh, but yeah, this this is a killer song. Um, definitely the most rocking song on the whole album. Uh, mm-hmm. At points, it, uh, this to me could have easily been a Black Flag song. Um, then you get sex rap, juvenile and stupid, but I love how ridiculously fun it is. I, like, I, I love, I love how it's it's so appropriately titled. Like it is literally <laughs> that's what it is. It's a sex rap. <laughs> I just, I just love the chorus. Sex rap, Sex. There's actually a, an Ice T song called "Sex" on his very first album, and that's literally the chorus of the song. Also, where it's just him going "Sex." <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I'd love to hear um, fucking Joe Swanson from Family Guy do that you know Patrick Warburton voicing it that would be so fucking funny to hear because I'm just thinking there's that episode where he's like yeah yeah get some sex sex (laughs) that's the song was made for him oh I would I would even think that this could have inspired that like somewhere along the line (laughs) could have uh 30 dirty birds I'm just gonna recite this one okay do it Doity doity boyd sitting on a coy, choiping and boiping and eating doity earthworms. Along comes Hoibie from 30 doity toid, so the 30 doity boyd sitting on a coy, choiping and boiping and eating dirty earthworms. Boy, was he disturbed. Hey, I fucking yes, did it. Yes, that was yes. good. <sighs> Which just that goes the whole, to show the whole how tra- many- Now we're going to have to have a copyright issue on this episode because <laughs> you did. They're not going to be able to tell the difference between that and the original. <laughs> I'm just I'm just too good at what I do. <laughs> And then we get uh, "You're All the Turtle," which is uh, kind of what? a cover. Yes, it's. I mean, musically, it's not. Lyrically, it is. <laughs> Look at that turtle go, bro! Fun fact: Did you know that that is uh, George Clinton's drug dealer who showed up yeah. during the recording of it, and he brought like muscle, like henchmen with him, and he was going to rough him up if he didn't pay up, but he. It, George Clinton turned around and said, "Hey, do you want to be on an album?" <laughs> That's awesome. And they and he settled for being the look at that turtle go, bro, guy. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, you're the turtle. The lyrics all come from the Dr. Seuss. Um, I guess it's a book. Is it a, actually a book, or is it is it just a? I think it's a big ass poem. Okay, yeah. But yeah, that is um, that is freaky styly for me coming in at number nice. five. Yeah, so that, that's a good, that's uh, a perfect segue because my number five is also freaky, styly. But I, I have nice. to, I have to say, I have to say something that it, it any, it hurt me to put this album at number five, and 
Um, I, I was talking to Eddie earlier and told him that my my top five had shifted at least three times in this week leading up to the episode. And it's it's rough because I love all five of these albums. But as I always say, I try to find that middle ground where how do I feel about the albums? And then if I really think about what they did going from one album to the next album, the quality of the album compared to the one before and one after, like where where should they go? And at the end, I go, you know what? Freaky Styling is is one of my favorite Chili Peppers albums. But if you're talking about the Chili Peppers style that that they would kind of be known for, there really isn't that much of it on this album. This is the yeah. the most straightforward funk album they did. Like it's, and it was, this was actually the second Chili Peppers album I ever heard. I heard Mother's Milk first. Wow. And then I was so into that. And then I remember being at a, a record store in the mall and they always had that cutout section and they had a cutout cassette tape of Freaky Style. And I'm like, oh shit, it's another Chili Peppers album. I'm going to get this. And at first I was like, this is way different from Mother's Milk. But yeah. very quickly it grew on me and... It's probably one of my top two go-to uh, albums for the Chili Peppers. Not just because the the album feels and sounds like a party from beginning to end, and even though yeah. it fits the album cover, which is just all these different. The it's all it's like it's like a a collage of different photographs of the band members jumping around, all put together that just looks like they're all in the same room. So it's like ten fleas and 10 anthony's and it's just <laughs> it's probably my favorite chili peppers album cover just because it's if, if there was an album cover that i think gets across their vibe especially in the 80s th th this is it like it's just yeah <laughs> crazy jumping around like like and it's i love it and um but and another thing that's on this album that if i remember right isn't really on any other album it, to this degree is there's horns all over the place. Yes. And they sound great. And that's that's why like I like this album on its own because it really does have a cool quality that you don't get on any other Red Hot Chili Peppers album and it's super enjoyable from beginning to end, thoroughly enjoyable. And honestly, the two the two rock songs on it are my two least favorite songs on the album. Like I like the funky stuff on the album and I just I love the vibe of this album so much that once I really sort of settled on what my top five was, I was like, oh, man, this one has to go at number five. But it just goes to show you how I feel about these top five albums. We've gone from, you know, me criticizing albums and having to having to go back, you know, when I say something, be like, look, they're a great band. I just don't think this is very good. And now we're at the point where it's almost like two completely different bands for me. Like this is yeah. a band that I absolutely love. Which is weird, because like the the amount the amount of stress I felt putting these in order, you would think that the Chili Peppers were one of my like top ten bands, but they're not. But some of these albums are some of my favorite albums of all time. So it's just weird. But in the end, because this album, even though it's great, I think as a an example of what the Red Hot Chili Peppers were capable of, it's not that big of a of a statement it's more just yeah. them having a good time making some funky odd kind of stuff and that is one thing about this album though even though it does have a very straightforward kind of funky vibe to it 
parts of it seem like very weird, almost weirder than anything else they did in the fact that it's so straightforward in some of the, some of the songs. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's just a super fun album and I love it. Uh, but it had to go here at number five freaky styly. And I'm proud. Cool. So for my number four, Mm -hmm. uh, is, uh, one of the albums that you had in the previous episode, which is the self-titled debut red hot chili peppers. Yeah. So like, I see, I see like a lot of uh, people that that crap on this album, but I think it has a fun energy and groove to it, despite its uh-huh. you know immature, embryonic kind of nature. You know, it's it's clear that this is the first one, but like it it has really cool moments, and that's that's why it's always it's one I definitely reach for. Um, yeah, despite the despite the ones that I prefer above it, but you know, true men don't kill. True men don't don't get don't kill, kill coyotes. coyotes. Like it's a, it's a catchy song with this cool psyched out vibe and gang vocals, and mm-hmm. see this to me like this album often gets credited, like it doesn't have like a metal thing to it, but people say that this is the first quote-unquote funk metal release because this is the Mm. first one that really made that kind of effort to have like heavy moments and i'll I'll get to them yeah but but to, to be to be honest this album for the most part it it a lot of it feels more like post punk and not yeah funk like yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's that's what's weird about it. There are some funk elements and 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 parts on this album, but it that I think that's probably what's missing from this one for me is the fact that so much of it feels like they they hadn't quite gotten there yet, you know, to where they yeah. were meaning to go. But I mean, I have to admit it, it is a very unique album. Like I don't I can't think of other ones off the top of my head that sound like this one. Hmm. It's it's like you got Baby Appeal, which is infectiously rhythmic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Buckle Down has some great g- guitar work from the uh, from the late Jack Sherman. Um, Get Up and Jump showcases that rappy funk punk hybrid that they were pioneering at the time, uh, and it's also like the first one where like Flea goes absolutely beast mode, just. Yeah. Fucking full throttle quick on that slap bass. Uh Why Don't You Love Me is like one of my favorite examples of covering a song but totally changing it up. Like uh-huh. a por- a porno funk version of a Hank Williams track, I'm fucking sold. <laughs> like <laughs> uh Green Heaven is is the song that I think of as that like kind of funk metal moment. Because it has that real nasty, almost Sabbathy edge to it at the same time. Boom! Yeah. Like it, it, the whole album isn't heavy, but moments like this and Buckle Down so far, you know, get me thinking. Wow, this was like a major player in like that eighties funk rock funk punk and funk metal mm-hmm. thing just exploding um 
Mommy Where's Daddy weirds me out a bit, but it's still groovy. <laughs> yeah. Um, out in LA is uh, similar to Get Up and Jump in feel. Uh, police Helicopter, once again, keeps that kind of aggressive, punky funk rap thing going. Fun fact, though, uh, this was the track, I believe, that had the label shit <laughs> by for, the producer. For Andy Gill, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> I think he had it on like the real to real or something he just named it shit <laughs> i mean it um, is it, it is it is you listen to it it is kind of a throwaway track it's just like it's police helicopter not, shot the sky <laughs> yeah not not a lot happens in it and it's only a minute and 16 seconds long that's true um but then you get you always sing the same which, which is 19 is just, seconds long <laughs> it, yeah it's just a 19 second barrage of what the fuckness and yeah. uh but finally, closing out, you get Grandpappy Do Plenty. And this right here has an awesome psyched out vibe. And I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, anything that has that like ethereal feel from like kind of this alt metal area, I really love. And, um, you know, again, I, I use the word metal very generous, generously in this context. Yeah, just to just to kind of like state where things would go with you know like stuff like Jane's Addiction and things like that. It's kind of that sound that I hear in this. Yeah, I get that. That that is true. I guess you do hear a lot of those later bands. You hear a lot of where it went starting here. So yeah, I mean this, and you have to what was this nineteen eighty four when this one came out? So yeah, like that's yeah. I mean, it's it's sometimes I, I forget just like, you know, 84 for this one and then Freaky Styley was 85. It's just yeah. like that they were doing this stuff. And sure, like you had, you know, Fishbone, I guess. But Fishbone, when they started off, they were they didn't have a whole lot of rock elements. They were just here and there. So yeah. even though they were an odd band, they weren't odd in the same way that the Chili Peppers were. Agreed. Yeah. Although I will say I love the uh, artwork on this album. It's just so fucking wild. Yeah. Like it, it, all the bright colors and all the crazy cartoonish things going on on it. I I love it. I love the way it looks. I think awesome. It, it, yeah. I, it reminds me a little bit of like what facelift would have looked like if Hanna Barbera had designed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at uh, with the Red Hot Chili Peppers album coming in at number four. Cool. Obviously, that's my, not my number four because that was my number six yeah. um, in the last episode. So, um, all right. Uh, I don't really know. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna jump into it without having an explanation. My number four is uh, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Oh, nice. And um, so right out of the gate, if this is somebody's favorite Chili Peppers album, I absolutely understand. It's it's a great album. And I initially had this one higher up. Um, But I, I, I really went back and started to dig into these and pick apart, like, what makes them good, what makes them Chili Peppers albums, what makes them different from the one before, the one after, all of those things that I always say. And 
even though Blood Sugar Sex Magic is a great album, a big thing for me that is missing is the odd qualities that were in the previous album. A lot of those are now gone. Like you could yeah, still it's quite say, I guess, out. yeah, I guess for a lot of people that don't listen to odd kind of music, maybe some things on here seem weird, but they're they're not really it's 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 a it's it's more focused but i have to say that the reason why this album doesn't suffer from that is because in the in the place of the odd qualities you all of a sudden get a wider variety of kinds of songs on this album and um a big example of that so when this album came out like i said you know i i got into mother's milk i got into freaky styly and then this album came out and I would highly anticipated the weekend it came out. Like I went with my older brother and bought a cassette copy of blood sugar, sex magic. And I remember getting to the song, breaking the girl and the song starts to play with the acoustic guitar and him singing just a very pretty melody. And in my head, I, I distinctly remember going, Eventually, they're going to bust in here with something weird because they can't just do this thing for a whole fucking song. This ain't the Chili Peppers. And the song, and it didn't happen. It was just a very beautiful, acoustic-driven song all the way through. And I remember as soon as it was over, being like, that was really good. Like, and they they didn't fuck with it. And so when it comes to being a Chili Peppers fan... Like this was literally like the only single for the album at that point was Give It Away. I think that's the only single that had come out so far. And at first listen, Breaking the Girl is a massive breakthrough for the Red Hot Chili Peppers. It is a beautiful song, a very well-written song. But if you're really wanting to talk about a band that has no boundaries and the thing that's great about them is the fact that they don't, at, well, at the time, they hadn't painted themselves into a corner. That's exactly why this song works and why it's so good. And so that's what that's like I said, you get a variety of songs on this, but it, it's not just them doing some half-assed, oh, we'll do this, we'll do an acoustic song just because we're gonna be different. It is a legit great song. And obviously, you get other sort of softer the the softer side of chili peppers going on on this album which later on they would do mostly just that type of chili peppers but in the context of this album it's great because it's the songs are the the songs are very welcome in in my opinion um also the production by rick rubin on this is great he like I, i talked about last time Rick Rubin, at some point in the later 90s, all of a sudden, think I don't know what was going on with his production. And honestly, it still kind of is around today where it's just, it's, 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 it's fucking brick-walled and it, I, it doesn't sound good. But this album is not. It's, it's a very, it's a very um, organic-sounding album, even though it is very well-produced. It just sounds like a band in a room playing. It just sounds great. Um. So I think I like that about this album. Another a fun fact about this album, it was released the same day as Nevermind by Nirvana. Yep. And um uh Bad Motorfinger as well. Oh shit, that was the same day too? Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I, I think I think a lot of people call that like the the day 
uh, what was it? September 24th, 1991. It's like heralded as the day rock music changed in the early 90s. I, I, that would make sense. But I mean, I, I didn't actually hear Nevermind until a couple months later. Or yeah. no, was, I guess it was a month later because I think it was in October at some point that I finally heard uh, um, Smells Like Teen Spirits. But um, it, it's, I mean, a, a great year for music, 91. We've already, we, we, we did a whole episode on 1991, didn't we? On yeah. The, so yeah, um, listen, listen to that. If you, we did a ranking of our top five from 1991, which I, this album was not in my top five of 1991. But um, anyway, this album is a definite progression. It may strip some qualities out, but it adds other qualities in and it feels like a step in a different direction, which is what I like from a band. And um, it's interesting because I thought I saw somebody's comment on our YouTube video for the last one where they were saying that normally I talk shit about bands that don't progress, but now I'm talking shit about the Chili Peppers progressing. And I'm like, no, they already progressed. And then they just did the same kind of shit all around in the same area. That is yeah. not a progression. That is, and, and I don't fault them for it. They're re, they're, they do great shit, but, the, but Blood Sugar Sex Magic, and I'll even give Californication uh, a tip of this too. It's, it feels like a different album. Whereas after that, they all kind of felt like similar albums just playing in this one area which which yeah. i talked about last time but blood sugar sex magic doesn't feel like that at all it feels like a band doing something different and unexpected which is what the chili peppers were in my opinion known for for being unpredictable so the album ends up being at number four number one it's too damn long which a lot of their albums especially starting now become too damn long I don't really know what songs I would remove because none of them are necessarily bad. A, a couple of them are kind of, they drag a little bit, but, um, you know, the second half of the album, there could be a little bit of chopping, um, going on there, but it is what it is at this point. It, you know, the album is, it, it has been what it is since 1991. And, um, in that second half of the album, we, we can't talk about blood sugar, sex magic without talking about under the bridge, which, um, is a very overplayed song. I could, if somebody said that, I'd be like, yep, okay, I, I could understand that. But um, unfortunately, the, the, the amount of times that everyone's heard Under the Bridge now, I feel like it's done it a disservice because it's so, it's such an a, a overplayed song that it kind of obscures how truly beautiful of a song it is. Yeah. And so we start to take these songs for granted because we've heard them so many fucking times. So it's really easy to be like, oh, God, do we have to hear Under the Bridge again? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously turn the channel or whatever or skip it. <laughs> but like just listening to the song and I was it, it's 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 fucking beautiful. It's really well written. And honestly, I like the Anthony Kiedis where he wasn't 100 percent confident in his singing abilities but he was giving it his all which is like yeah. what under the bridge is he doesn't sound as good as a singer as he would on later albums but i just like that i like that sort of he's a dude that probably a lot of people were like he doesn't need to be singing but he fucking did it anyway and so i think that that's great and i just i love under the bridge and um 
It's it's a classic. It is it is a quintessential '90s song. Yeah, and um, it's um, there's like a sincerity to it as well, like because a, a a lot of Chili Peppers stuff gets like written off as you know kind of goofy, but like this song here is like feels to me pretty straight up gorgeous from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, and they and they ha- they've had songs along the way like that that really worked. And this mm. was obviously the first of, of a few that you would hear that were similar. But um, so, like I said at the beginning, if somebody says this is their favorite Ch- uh, Chili Peppers albums, I can't fault them for it because I think you could argue that technically it is their best album. I just don't think it's how, – how should I put this? It's probably the best album they put out, but I don't think it's the best Chili Peppers album, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I get you. Like, if you're looking yeah. at the quality of what they did, the the ground that they broke, how the 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 overarching reach of what was on this album, and how well it's produced and performed, technically, I could see the argument for it being their best. I just don't think it's near the best Chili Peppers albums, and so I put it here at number four: Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I would equate it to. Uh, what the Black Album did for Metallica, because sure, yeah, like Metallica honed in on on how they sounded, but they made it accessible, and this kind of did the same thing. And we're gonna yeah. keep the keep the Blood Sugar Sex Magic magic going. Nice, be- because my number I said, three I said that, is. I said that really loud. It's like <laughs> it, it, it echoed in my room. Nice, nice, nice. So, okay, go ahead. So it's it's okay, guys. He gets excited every now and I do. again. It's the coffee. It's really kicked in. <laughs> um. So yeah, the power of equality is such a goddamn good song. Like, yeah. Such a such a good groove to it. Um. If you have to ask, keeps that funky groove going. Breaking the girl, chill, vibey track. Like you say, it was completely different kind of thing. Cause like. Yeah, they'd done pretty stuff in the past, but it did also kind of have that like fun edge to it as well. This is just a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Funky Monks, like, oh shit, the groove here is unfuckwithable. All of these I songs, really... all of these songs, like a lot of the riffs and stuff in them, this is a very nostalgic album for me because I, you, you mention a song title and I just think of a riff and I go, God, it just feels like being in in high school junior high and high school um because this is an album that had such a long life to it that it came out when i was about to be in eighth grade in junior high and then the next year i went into high school but well into my senior year this is an album that people were still playing really loud in their cars outside in the parking lot for sure like suck my kiss heaviest grooving track on the album so far uh, I could have lied again, coming in with like that slow, feely, chill track. Like that's a full-on ballad. Um, mm-hmm. Mellow ship slinky in B major is a <laughs> nice f- and funky rappy groover. Oh man, like right. Okay, the righteous and the wicked has my favorite riff on the whole record. That oh, kind yeah? of. Honestly, 
it gets it, it, the audio listeners they, they can't see the riff face right now, but it gets that. <laughs> yeah, this, the that face out of me. Face. Yeah, it's a yeah. That's a fucking great song. Oh, there, there's some like it's not known again for being heavy, but when that groove hits, you can't help but just think, God, it, it damn, has it has dude. its heavy moments for sure. Yeah. And I think it makes them stand out more as well because it's not just funk metal all the way through. So when those like Sabbath tinged funk riffs come in, it's like, oh, where did that come from? Yeah, it's probably the um, most dynamic, I guess, of albums that they made because of that. I th- I think so. I think so for sure. Um, oh man, give it away is a tune, no questions asked. Yeah, that's another. Uh, I didn't mention that, but that's another one that, that that gets played a lot even today. But um, I I still think it's fucking great. It's got a groove that you can't deny. Yeah, no complaints from me. Um, uh, the title track, blood, blood, sugar, sex, magic is that's a really heavy song like yeah. the, especially in the chorus that's a full on hendrixy hendrix on steroids kind of thing going on in that mm-hmm. um under the bridge now i've i've written here actually i totally agree under the bridge is one of the generation x songs and it i can vouch for this because every single time this song comes on my mum who is just a couple years older than you uh-huh. will go, oh, this is my youth right here. Yeah. And yeah so- songs like this feel good to us people in our, in our 40s at this point. Like it's, there, the, all these, I, and I guess that's why I always say like I was kind of in the right, I was born at the right time because I'm not, yeah. I don't have a negative attitude towards 90s music, but I also appreciate all of the 80s stuff. And I think that's because you ha- in this particular age, me and your mom, or your mum, as you as you say over there, <laughs> um, we it, it it hits a nerve because it was like it was like even so like once you hear the end of Under the Bridge, Under the Bridge downtown, I can't hear that without picturing Anthony Kiedis running shirtless yeah. down the street because it was it's just so ingrained in us because it was on TV and on the radio and. And some songs are so undeniably good that you just hear them. You listen to them hundreds of times over the years, you know? Yeah. And I feel like as well, for some strange reason, there are some songs that I hear too many times. And after a while, I start to feel maybe a little bit resentful for having to hear them so many times. I have an unfortunate thing with Sweet Child of Mine because it was my, in fairness... This makes my uh, my grandmother pretty cool because it was her ringtone. Oh, nice! For like two years, but because it was her ringtone for two years, every single time I heard doo doo, <laughs> it suddenly like triggered this. Oh my fucking god! How many times have I heard that today? Yeah. Um. I, I, yeah, also- you get to a point though, for me anyway, where once you recognize that the reason why you get tired of it is because you've heard it so much it's for me it's easy to take myself away from that because i'll be yeah. the first i'll be the first to say that when i go see metallica live i'd be okay if they didn't play inner sandman or nothing else matters like j- leave those songs out not because i don't think they're good songs but just because i've heard them 
a lot. And it's like, it gets to the point where I go, all right, I'm going to go to the bathroom or do something. But I still listen to those and go, these are fucking great songs. And same thing goes yeah. for songs like Under the Bridge. I think as well, though, like where I was heading with that is that there are certain songs, though, that are kind of immortal yeah. as well. And you think this so, one's one of them? I think this one's one of them because I there are certain songs that are just so good, they're immune to the overplay. And yeah. Here's the thing. I'd say I'd I, say "Smells Like Teen Spirit" is that one for me, where yeah, um, I, I I don't I will never get tired of hearing that song. Yeah, for for me, I I kind of compare it as okay, take "Africa" by Toto, uh-huh. and then take "Don't Stop Believing" right by oh, Journey. Okay. okay, I've heard both probably the same kind of amount of times. Yeah. I could listen to Africa for a full day and not get sick of it. I hear Don't Stop Believing one time and I'm already worn out. Yeah. And it, yeah, that's a, that is a, well, I, I already am not a really big Journey fan anyway. And so that's an overplayed song where I'm like, it's not only is overplayed, but from a band that I don't really care for. So <laughs> I think it's more shocking coming from me because I'm like the 80s cheese dude. So yeah, yeah. it's, uh, I remember someone turning around and saying, oh, you should like this one. I'm like, yeah, but I've heard it like three million times, dude. Fucking play another Journey song. And they were like, plus, I think I don't know any other Journey. I have a I, I have I have an I have a theory on why Don't Stop Believing gets is hard to listen to for me anyway, because the whole album is a bit the whole song is a build up. Like there's no, yeah. it doesn't go like there's kind of a chorus, but it's a pre-chorus. Like it's a, yeah. it's a verse and a pre-chorus and a verse. It, 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 the the actual chorus doesn't happen until the end, and so it's very. It's like I, I just want to get there. <laughs> it's just yeah. like just skip to the last verse, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, and just get it out of the way. Just do what Faith No More did with Easy and drop an entire verse. <laughs> I always I always hate that because I love that verse in that song because I I mean I yeah. like the original Commodore's version but um so whenever I hear it I go nope you skipped over an entire an entire verse that's really good that used to be a karaoke song for me the the original yeah. oh, man I, I think I'm just so conditioned to the Faith No More version I love the Faith No More version I know yeah. we're t- I know it's a Red Hot Chili Peppers episode but like. Uh, th- that's another one of those songs that's immortal from the from the overplay. Yeah, uh, it's it's just unfuckwithable. But yeah. Uh, oh yeah, we're where, talking about where, Chili Peppers. <laughs> we yeah, were, we were on was un, we were on Under the Bridge. <laughs> Under the Bridge. Yeah, I've pretty much said everything about Under the Bridge. Uh, Naked in the Rain. It's got some vibey funk rock. Uh, Apache Rose Peacock. This, this is when the, big, this is when oh, the this is when the weaker song, songs start coming in for me. Yeah, not not bad, just not as good as the earlier parts of the album. Apache Rose Peacock. Now that big rocking ending is something I miss in a lot of modern chili stuff. Like they would do like a, uh-huh. a laid back song, but then have that big eruption right at the end. Um, yeah, but like nowadays they'll just do like the chill song and it just does the chorus again and then ends but um uh, the greeting song is a fun funky grunged out rocker my lovely man is more grooving funk rock riffage sir psycho sexy is this 
funky, sprawling, epic sex fest. And then I, just, I, I always of, just liked how the chorus he just goes, "He's a man that I met one time." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's it. You wrote a whole song about him, and he's just a man that you met one time. <laughs> Oh man! And then finally, you get uh, something. They're red hot. You know, I'm going to think. <laughs> the fucking. This is like, I feel like they condensed all of the weirdness that they needed to get out into the one closing track right at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's an odd ender, but it's yeah. I mean, honestly, it, it, there there are still moments that make them a band that stood out from everybody else in '91. So, I mean, I give them credit for that, but comparatively, not as not as odd. But yeah, like it, with regards to the whole album, I'll, I'll just think, oh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic. But then I'll remember, oh, yeah, all of the tasty fucking riffs on Blood Sugar Sex Magic. I'm going to listen to Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yeah. Now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's it, this is a this is an episode where all of these albums, I think, are great albums. And so <laughs> having to figure out where they go it was a little bit of a chore. Yeah, it's a tricky one, but uh yeah, I mean we're just we're just in Banger Central right now. Absolutely, we are just awesome after awesome. So yeah, that is my number three. Cool. Uh, for my number three, this was another one that changed places a couple times, and I would say that even though it's not my number one, I would say this is probably if somebody came to me and said, um, "I've never heard the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I want to know what they sound like." I would give them this album. This album is uh, the Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Yes, which is uh, their album from 1987. And honestly, if you if you look at the self-titled album followed by Freaky Styley, this is the first one that has that Red Hot Chili Peppers combination of like the punk, the rock, the funk, um, just and the and the odd songs, odd vocal yeah. choices from Anthony, odd lyrics. Just little things here and there that are added into the songs that are like, where did this come from? Like, you know, it's they were just these these mad geniuses at this point. And then on top of that, like, sure, you got it's it's all this sort of odd funkiness going on. But then, like, I would I would put the the main guitar melody that starts off behind the sun as one of the most beautiful things ever recorded. I just love yeah. the walk down. I love how that whole thing plays out. And yeah. it even it just sounds so good. And um, and obviously that's Mr. Hillel Slovak on guitar. This is actually the first album with and only album with the original Chili Peppers lineup on it. Yeah. Because <laughs> because because Jack Iron or Jack Irons who would eventually drum for Pearl Jam uh, was an original member of the band and then left just like Hillel left. Um, so this is actually not only am I calling it the quintessential Chili Peppers album, it is the only one that features the original lineup. And it's just fucking fun, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's got a heavier sound than their first two albums. So they're on their way to like having that more rock and roll edge. Um, and, Honestly, like, I really do think that, like, the the track listing and the way the songs flow into each other, it's just, it feels like a band celebrating figuring out who they are. 
It's yeah. it, maybe maybe having the original lineup together was what they needed. I, I'm not really sure, but um, every song sounds like some kind of celebration to me. Um, and I said that about Freaky Styley feeling like a party, but that's more like a party that's not as personal. Like this one feels yeah. like it's very because per- there's a lot of songs about them, like you know, me and my friends, you know, is yeah. all about the band, and then Skinny Skinny S- Sweaty Man, yeah, Skinny Sweaty <laughs> Man is about Hillel. Um, and, uh, and of course you have like just fucking classics. Like one of my favorite chili pepper songs is funky crime. And, and I just love the groove of that song. And it just, and it literally is like the, the, the answer to people saying like, why, why would these white dudes be making this funk music? And they're just, they, you know, and then they wrote the song funky crime, which is, which is I just love the core that. Don't you know funk's colorblind? Well, I committed a fucking crime. Fucking crime. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, so good. And um, anyway, and I mean, I'm not going to go through track listing because that's Eddie's thing. But um, I really do think that there's just so many great songs on here. But it it, it really does have that. It's just it's undeniable that it's just the it's the red hot chili peppers album for me to start with like i i feel yeah. like if you start here and then move forward eventually come back to freaky styley and the in the if you love them that much come back to the beginning but i really think starting here into mother's milk into uh, uh, uh blood sugar sex Mind, i just think that it's you just feel like this band even though they they did experience some loss after this with with Hillel um passing away and then Jack Irons yeah. leaving the band but they i think that this is the point where they um especially uh, obviously Anthony and Flea when they were just the 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 wind was at their backs and they were they they were off and fucking running at this point and so yeah um i love this album but it had to go at number 3 for reasons that I will talk about later. Um, but um, my number three is the Uplift Mofo Party Plan. It's fucking awesome, dude. Uh-huh. My number two is Mother's Milk. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay, so good time, boys. <sighs> one, of my f- one of my fucking favorites ever. Like, it's heavy and groovy. And that's the sort of thing that I come to this band for. Yeah. That that heavy riffs with the funky grooves. And, and the fucking guitars are loud on this album. Y- yeah, the, this is... Uh, I would say this is... If they, if they made a full funk metal album, this is what... It is. It, yeah, it's the know? it's the it's probably the only album they made that you could probably put the word metal anywhere near. Yeah, that's the thing. I think there's sprinklings of it on Uplift Mofo, but this yeah, from a guitar tone and usage of that sound standpoint, this one has some has it's got some chugs on it. Hell this yeah. album. Hell yeah. Um which ob- uh, which honestly if you read about it, um I don't think that um, John Frusciante was actually that pleased with the guitar sound. I don't think he wanted it that heavy. But for yeah. for, for those of us who became fans because of this album, um, it's it's an asset to it because we were rock and roll fans, and that's kind of what brought me into this because it was sure it was funky and odd, but it had this heavy quality that just hit everything that I wanted. It just like kind of 
it's a good bridge for metal fans to cross over into this kind of thing. Sure. If they so desire. Um, speaking of which, Higher Ground is... This is a full-on funk metal song. I'm not scared to say it. It's a cover of the Stevie Wonder classic, and they took it, and they gave it such a fucking good, fun party vibe to it. Yeah, this is like, this is probably blasphemous, and I know I'm, I'm going to hell anyway, but I think this is an, a better version than the original Stevie Wonder version. I, and I, and I, I, lo- I love that agree. first version. Stevie Wonder's great, especially you know those albums he did around that time in the 70s, but... Man, I don't know. There's a there's something about this song where it just breathes so much more life into it. I think it's like I feel consistently amped throughout this song. All I need to hear is that boom, and I immediately think party. Yeah, Subway to Venus though, like jumps back into the funk vibes. Yeah. Um. Magic Johnson. Now this takes the band to their like weirdest, you know, going for this flurry of like you know basketball. L.A. Lakers, you know. fast break Vegas, kings of the court, shake make God take us back to back. Is about as fact. A claim that remains intact. M A G. Sorry, offside. <laughs> <laughs> so good, man. Uh, nobody weird like me. Now this, this is one of the heaviest, most chaotic songs. Oh, yeah. Like. In the genre, this and is this is in my top, probably top five, maybe even top two Chili Pepper songs. I I would I would agree. I would totally agree. Like the most mind blowing thing about this to me as a drummer is that it sounds like you're hearing a double kick bass drum thing going on. Yeah, but fucking Chad Smith is so tasteful. But yeah, let's his... let's give some let's do some Chad Smith love here cuz that motherfucker is good. Like he but yeah. he's good in a way that it's not flashy and so if you're if you're not really paying attention you may miss how fucking good of a drummer he is. And I think the the best way to describe his playing is it's not what you're hearing, it's what you're feeling. Oh yeah. Because yeah. like when you're hearing this song, you think to yourself for a, for a moment, oh, it's a thrash song. It's got double kick in it. You yeah. Know? And, and you think it's just... But he's actually alternating. He's doing a kick, a double kick thing with his feet, but he's doing that with his right foot, but he's hitting the hi-hat and he's using his left hand to ghost note Yeah. the left kick drum and (laughs) like he's doing this fucking technique that i have tried time and time again to learn and i've got the pattern down Mm -hmm. but it's how subtle you have to be with the snare drum that's just such mind fuckery it is incredible how Mm -hmm. he got it to sound that way and it makes and it's the and it's so and it adds so much to how how uh, I don't know. It, it's it's so energetic. The verses of the song, and yeah. and and one of the reasons why I love what the Chili Peppers did is the fact that the chorus becomes something very weird, like comparatively, because yeah. it's very like and then it gets to that bust my bitches, bless my soul, and just like it it's, it opens up and feels very yeah. psychedelic, and the out then the fucking song ends 
on a very psychedelic note as well. <laughs> and God, I love that. This is the absolute embodiment of why this album just fucking rules. Yeah. Like, oh. and, th- and then you get Knock Me Down, which is catchy mm-hmm. as all hell. Mm-hmm. And is a, it's actually, isn't it about Hillel? Who, who I, I don't passed know away if, from drugs. I don't know if they meant it to be directly um, about him, but I think it was just about f- friends speaking up and saying, hey, dude, um, you know, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that much heroin is too much heroin, my yeah. guy. <laughs> but also, like, as, as, as I introduced you to uh, 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 earlier this week, I sent you the original version of this song, which yeah. has entirely different sections of the verse that takes it to a totally different key. And it feels so weird. Cause especially after, cause I didn't hear that version until I had listened to mother's milk for like 20 years. And yeah. then all of a sudden I, this version pops up and I go, what the fuck is this? It's so, so weird, but I'm I mean, glad that they edited, edited it down. I've been listening to uh, Mother's Milk for six years, and I can categorically tell you I was just as weirded out as you were. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, oh, Taste the Pain, though, is funky mm. sing-along goodness. Yeah. Stone Cold Bush is yep. punk funk metal excellence, complete with Rocket Queen-esque sex noises. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, Fire is a Jimi Hendrix cover uh, recorded prior to the death of Hillel Slovak. This mm-hmm. was actually recorded as like a separate session completely. And you can tell the yeah, production on this the production on this song sounds way different to the rest of the album. But it's a nice tribute to, you know, the, their friend that they'd lost. And, Absolutely. Uh, isn't the painting on the back of the album, one of Hillel's paintings. I I don't know if it was him or somebody from his family that did it. I, 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 I it may have been his. Yeah, I'm I, I'm, th- I'm racking my brain. But uh, then we get Pretty Little Ditty, which is uh, exactly what the title says, and is also notable for being sampled by Crazy Town in the oh, song Butterfly. God, can we just not do it? can we just can we just not i just don't i i I, eddie messaged me and said something about the crazy town song and i think i just responded with like that's one of the worst songs ever made be my butterfly in in my in my opinion and i i love how in the music video these douchebags try to act like they're playing the song on their instruments and i'm like it's a goddamn sample with a with a beat added to it (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. and it's awful. I'm sorry. I I know I don't I don't really get heated in my negativity, but that song is horrible. It is <laughs> And I thought it was horrible back in the day cuz I was already a fan of this album and I was like, who are these assholes taking this song? Anyway, never mind. I I I'll I'll leave. I'll get back to you. <laughs> if you want to if you want to rant about Crazy Town, you go ahead. You go right ahead. I mean, technically, I don't know that band at all because that's the only something. See, that song is so bad, I have no desire to hear what they actually sound like on other songs because I'm willing to bet it's not good. That's brutal, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But that, then we get uh, punk rock classic is yeah. thrashy, funky, hardcore punk. Love it. Uh, 
And, and, and it, it ends. It ends with your favorite sweet child of mine riff at the very end too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the fact that it's taking the piss out of it. That's yeah. <laughs> like the, that's my favorite part. Yeah, it's just yeah. This version of the riff is what I hear now. Is just that kind of like yeah off the th- kilter version the thing that i that i about the song i always remember is there's a verse on it where they talk about david letterman and then they say this they say the line um put us on your show you'll regret us then or something like that and then later <laughs> on down the line they fucking played david letterman and just played a song and i'm all like come on chili peppers you were supposed to make them regret it <sighs> oh man sexy mexican made as i'm looking at it that song is baby making music if ever i've heard it <laughs> yeah absolutely and, and uh johnny kick a hole in the sky is a fun rocking funker to close out the record and in my little bit of research that i did around mother's milk because i was so fascinated by this album uh-huh. the um oh what is it here it is i'm looking it up now there was actually a uh radio only like promotional single sampler that they did called for the thrashers it's literally called for the thrashers and it's four songs from mother's milk and it's stone cold bush fire nobody weird like me and punk rock classic which if you listened to it alone (laughs) yeah technically is a thrash metal ep (laughs) well i guess aside from stone cold bush but yeah it's that's that's all very rocking stuff i just thought it was so interesting that they made a conscious effort you know with that little ep to say hey you know fans of fans of heavy stuff we accidentally made a really heavy album <laughs> well <laughs> i mean to check it out to be honest like ar- around this time the stuff that they were doing they I-, I know that the term crossover refers to thrash metal and hardcore punk but the Chili Peppers yeah. at this point, if you could take the term crossover and put it with them and any band, like they mm-hmm. could be on a bill with metal bands, funk bands, punk bands, the more alternative, straightforward alternative. They could play with REM and they'd fit in yeah. absolutely fine. And I think that's why, I guess you could still say that about them now, but um, I, I don't think the metal part of it necessarily would fit, but... I just I love the fact that they were just this oddity that yeah you know you can put terms behind what they do. That's why like a lot of times I just call them an alternative band because it's just like there's yeah. they, I don't know where to go with it, but um, but they fit in. They can fit in with the Thrashers or the or the the funk bands, which is fucking awesome. Absolutely. I love bands. I love bands like this that can just play any bill and nobody bats an eye you know yeah Yeah, especially with the quality of shit that they were doing around this time so uh are you you done with uh with mother's milk well we're just on the subject i remember seeing a lineup that that was i don't even remember if it was like real or a joke but i think it in my mind i remember it being real there is somewhere it, it was a festival I don't remember specifically what it was, but I think there was a lineup on it where Slayer were playing it, and like the next act was like Gucci Mane. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's fucking wild. Oh, oh man, but- that would have been that shit, man. 
I'll, hang on, I'll, I'll look it up. Hang on. I don't. The only reason why I, I just that moan was me just thinking about all of the asshole metal fans. Like I, I'm not a Gucci Mane <laughs> fan. I like hip hop, but I'm not a Gucci Mane fan. Um, but just like, just I know what the, they were all being dickheads after after Slayer. Like I'm not even staying for this shit. It's not even music. Like I, God, I hate I hate people. If any, if I've learned anything from being on the internet, is that I hate people more than I thought that I did. <laughs> and yeah. um, that's why that's why when I meet somebody like you, Eddie, I'm like, we I, this has to happen. Po- podcasts have to happen because. Somebody that like, yeah. I trust not to be a dickhead is is here with me. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, someone who doesn't suck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I, I found it, by the way. It was the uh, Secret Solstice uh, 2018 festival in Reykjavik, Iceland, which I, I've, I've been to Reykjavik, fun fact. That's where, um, that's where Bjork is from. Oh, man, this lineup is crazy because like the the three the three top acts are Slayer is right at the top, uh-huh. Stormzy and Gucci Mane are just below them. Oh, okay. And so pro- it was even worse. They had to sit through Gucci Mane <laughs> to get to Slayer, and then Bonnie Tyler is there as well. <laughs> oh my this god, is wild. that's awesome. I yeah, mean, I, I don't, been... I don't, I don't, I don't think I would pay money to go to that festival, but I like the fact <laughs> that it existed. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. I, I'll have to look up footage of it of of the Slayer one because that's got to be something. What year was that? But yeah, again? Uh, twenty eighteen. Pretty recently, actually. Oh, was, okay. Um, so that would have been that would have been with the with the the last Slayer lineup. Hell yeah. Which we did, which we did a Slayer ranking, folks. If you're listening to this and you go, "Ooh, Slayer," let's talk about Slayer. We did, we did two episodes on Slayer way back early on in the yeah. Crank and Ranked story. But today we're talking about Red Hot Chili. I got loud again there, uh, Red Hot <laughs> Chili Peppers, because because uh, we're now at number two. Okay, so um, here's the point where I tell you that we are not going to sync up at all. Um, I guess we had our <laughs> one sync on number five. Which you know that's as yeah. that's as much as it's going to happen. So, um, this album became number two in just me. I I, I finally I, I fought with myself so much about this placing, but once I just wrote it down and put a number two next to it, I went, nope, I feel good about this. Uh, my number yeah. two is One Hot Minute from 1995, yep. and this is. At this point, this is probably my go-to Chili Peppers album. Um, probably wow. because um, out of the ones that I love, it's the one that I've listened to the least over the years. But it's the one that continues to... Like, I forget about some of the great shit on this album. And initially, when it came out... So so One Hot Minute, for those of you who like are listening, but you're not you know really into the Chili Peppers... Um, it was the one album they put out with Dave Navarro on guitar, Dave Navarro, who previously played in Jane's Addiction. And um, it's an album that I think a lot of people consider it not good, and I don't understand why, because it's mm. it has a different vibe. 
because you've got a different guitar player and Dave Navarro is not a funk guy, even though there was funky type stuff in Jane's Addiction, they were way more rock um, than the Chili Peppers. And one hot minute, and maybe it's because of Dave Navarro, I don't really know, but there is an undeniable energy that literally never stops on this album. And and not only that, Odd qualities are now back in the Chili Peppers. Now, it's kind of a different version of those odd qualities because I would say that, you know, Freaky Styly, Uplift Mofo, Mother's Milk, the odd stuff is, is, is a little bit, it's a little bit weird and psychedelic and it's a little bit silly. Like there's silliness at times. This album doesn't have any silliness, but it has all sorts of weird left turns in the songs and, and psychedelic sections in some of the songs and a lot of really good riffs. And the, the band is so locked in here. And you could say that this is a time that things weren't great for the band because, you know, yeah. because, uh, John Frusciante had left. Um, I believe that, um, Anthony after being off of drugs, got back on drugs again and um, uh, I don't remember if Dave Navarro still had drug issues because I know that he did, but I don't know if he did during this time. But it's just, it feels so alive and it feels more closely related to classic Chili Peppers than Blood Sugar Sex Magic does. It it feels more like a rock album. It's he- It's probably next to Mother's Milk, the heaviest Chili Peppers album. And then you've got songs on it I mean, okay, so it's we'll, we'll get into track by track. Well, no, you already talked about this album, so fuck it. I'm going to do a little bit of one. So we talked about Warped <laughs> last time. Warped is so good because it's got yeah. a really good groove to it, but then it's got this thing where purposefully Anthony made the verse, the verse vocals where they don't really go. It feels like really uneasy because the, you don't know where the beat is and what he's doing. And it sounds so fucking cool. And then you get Airplane, which Airplane is just a really fun, funky song. And it just, it has a a lighter vibe to it. But just the transition from Warped to Airplane and then to my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers song ever, Deep Kick, which is, it is so fucking good. It is literally just this one big epic funky psychedelic trip that lasts for six and a half minutes. And, yeah. and it's great because it's got this, it's got this cool, I don't even know how to describe the, 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 ver, the, the verse chorus part. It's, I mean, I, I'm using the word chorus loosely, but it's, um, I, I don't, I don't really know. It's, it's got a really good groove to it. And then all of a sudden, like at around the five minute mark, it does an abrupt shift and all of a sudden Flea is on vocals and that kicks in and he does the, I remember 10 years ago in Hollywood. And once that kicks in, I'm like, this is so fucking amazing how well written this song is and the feeling you get from it. And I just love the ride that the song takes you on. And, um, I don't know. It's just, it's so, it's so damn good. And then that one, leads you into my friends which is another it's a so, it's probably the soft no this the second softest song on the album and it just at that all of a sudden just like in their earlier stuff when there's a I, I would even say blood sugar sex magic when there's a softer song at the right part 
it feels really good. And my friends is a great song. Yeah. Then you get to coffee shop. Coffee shop's really cool and energetic. And we talked last time about how I love the vocal melody on it. That's the weird descending kind of thing. Um, and then Pete, to me, it sounds it, it that song really has like a, a pre system of a down system of a down song. Vibe. Sure, yeah, a little like a little the, bit of that. The, the, the how weird the vocals are. Um, yeah, and, yeah, and then and then you know you get to P, which P is just. It's weird. It's weird to think of a song that's just flea on. I think he's playing an acoustic guitar and uh, like just one string of an acoustic guitar and singing, and it's a minute and a half long. But I would never remove that song from this album. It is. Yeah, it's classic. Yeah. It's got some great I'm lines. I'm a pacifist, so I can fuck your shit up. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then leads you into One Big Mob, which is another one of my favorites because it does that same sort of thing where um, it's got this cool uh, sort of heavy funk kind of thing going on. And then in the middle, it gets it goes very psychedelic and there's this really tasteful build back up into the first part of the song. It's just such it's so it's great songwriting. And on, on top of that, when I listen to this album, it feels more meaningful than Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Blood Sugar Sex Magic just sounds like a band who's really good at doing what they're doing, and they wrote some great songs, and they broke some new ground, and, and it's a very important album. This one just feels so, I don't know. Like, like I, I, I don't know enough about how the band feels about this album. I'm assuming they they don't view it as anything amazing that they've done, because they don't, I don't think they play any songs off of it live. But hmm. it's just so great. I mean, I'm not going to do a complete uh, track. I'll, I'll stop there. But like, um, I guess the, the only other track I really want to point out is, the, is Tear Jerker, which Tear Jerker is a really uh, sweet song about Kurt Cobain. And um, it's yeah. just, it's a, very, it's a very cool song, especially for those of us who, are, who were Nirvana fans at the, at the time. And so, I don't know. This this I, if I could could give it a negative quality that keeps it from being number one, um, it's also still a bit too long. And this has a little bit of the brick walled Rick Rubin production. It's a little bit too much at times. But the big thing about this album is that um, when I hear it, it as much as I love it, it makes me a little bit sad because this is the ending of the Chili Peppers being an unpredictable, dangerous band. It, it, yeah. they, they still remained a good band and, you know, Californication is a great album, but when it came out, for those of us who were already Chili Peppers fans, that was nothing new. It was literally nothing yeah. new. And it was not surprising. It, 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 there was nothing on Californication that made me go, I didn't expect this. It was just like, yeah, I knew they could do that. That's a great song, but I already kind of knew they could do that. And One Hot Minute is just, maybe it's a maybe it's a testament to them pulling something out that's great when they're faced with, with drama in their career and in their lives because Mother's Milk is an album where they had to have, you know, an entire new lineup and that's yeah. fucking amazing. And I don't know, I just, I feel like there's a, there's a, I don't know, I don't know how to put it. I, I ended up putting this album at number two simply because of how excited I get just talking about it. And maybe that's because it's, I feel like it's underappreciated or maybe 
um, it's because it actually gives me that feeling that I want when I listen to the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And this is for, you know, for all of the younger fans, not necessarily Eddie, but other people out there. I, I understand coming into a band later on down the line. And if By The Way was the first album that you heard, yes, that's going to have an important thing in your life. And if and And on top of that, that may be the sound that you prefer. So the earlier sound may not be what you're looking for. But I can only come at this from somebody that started out on Mother's Milk and got into all of their stuff at that point. So One Hot Minute still felt very, and today, feels like the Chili Peppers that I want to listen to. And unfortunately, that these qualities that make me excited just aren't there most of the time in any album after this. Um, so it had to go at number two. It just, it, it, it had to get, I had to, it, I had it lower down, but I'm like, you know what, this, I, all the, all the, all the reasons that I just spoke about long windedly right there, um, is why one hot minute has to be my number two. So there you go. It's kind of a, a it's, it's bittersweet. It, it's a, it's a Absolutely. bittersweet album. Yeah. All right. We're down to number cool. one. I just got loud again. Down to I'm one. having trouble controlling the volume <laughs> of my voice. <laughs> God, I've got that. I've got that fucking. Uh, that, there's so many Family Guy scenes that I've got memorized because my fr- my friend. Um, that was Austin Powers, dude. Steve. I know, but like I'm th- I'm thinking I'm thinking of a different oh, one okay. where he's like where he's he says something along the lines of oh god i hope i don't embarrass myself by opening the door and i i forget how to do you know volume control with my voice opens it up how are you doing tonight yes <laughs> please come in <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, my friend um steven who i i grew up with back home here so this is this is british steven does he, does he spell his name um, with a ph or a v it's a v Okay, good. He's he's one of us then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He um he and I could probably quote every family guy and American Dad episode probably ever between us. I, we, I never made it past the first couple seasons of Family Guy just because it got a little bit um it, it got it, 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 it got, exa- it got yeah. exhausting to me. Yeah, I I think it's just I think it's the sheer fact we kind of grew up with it and it just became how we communicated in the end. It was just like there was a quote for every situation that we would just yeah. back and forth and back and forth. But yeah. yeah. It's, it's weird because like that's for, for a certain... <laughs> yes, hey, Stephen. Hello. Hope you're, uh, you should listen to this podcast if you're not already. Um, <laughs> but I, it's, it's weird how Family Guy is a show for a particular generation and you would think that my show would be the Simpsons, but I also don't really care for that show, but that's another one that everyone knows. There's always memes and quotes. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know. Cause I think it's probably because with the Simpsons, this is a good tangent for us with the Simpsons. I watched it when it first came out. And at first the whole show was just Bart going, eat my shorts, man. You know, and yeah. I mean, sure there were other things that were funny in it, but Bart was the star and I just, and after yeah. a couple of seasons, I went, I don't really give two shits about Bart anymore. And I realized that he, it, it, the show evolved, but, but I never reconnected with it. Like I had friends that were so into it and I would watch an episode and go, that was pretty funny. Can we not watch anymore now? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, 
I would say, like, from what I've seen, people people generally say, and, and there is an episode of The Simpsons that has the Red Hot Chili Peppers in it. So it's Oh, hey, still there relevant. we go. There we go. We're keeping on track. I'm, I am still on track here. I would say, from what I've heard, people call the golden age of The Simpsons uh, season three to, like, season eight. Like, the first couple seasons are pretty rough, but they still have, like, heart and classic gags in there. Yeah. But it's... It's that like, like nineteen ninety one to like ninety seven ninety eight era that's like the strongest and the most talked about. Yeah. But, uh, the the only the only animated television show that I can think of that had a huge impact when it first came out was South Park, which I don't I, oh, yeah. I don't even watch South Park anymore. Like I haven't seen a South Park episode since I don't know the early two thousands maybe. Wow. Um, but those but those first three to four seasons of South Park. Like I, I was so into them. Like I had a, a stand on my guitar. Yeah. I had a stand sticker on my guitar and yeah. I loved them. I thought it was the funniest fucking show, but I guess the same thing happened as, as, as with family guy. Like, even though like I, I watch it and I go, okay, this is funny. And I laughed. It, I, it feels so exhausting <laughs> going to watch it. <laughs> I'm just like, it, there's a part of me. And at this point, once you're that far behind on a show, I just go, no, nah, I, I, it's okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't fair have enough. that much time. <laughs> uh, fair. And, yeah, and animated it, shows here. We get, we top, top five animated. I don't that, that would be a boring episode. Cause it's just me. Be, it'd be me going, oh, I like some of this show, but yeah, not really. <laughs> Oh man, like that—that that kind of ties into uh, the kind of cartoony look of this next. Oh yeah, okay. Record number one. Okay. okay, so my my number one. I am here today to talk about the Uplift Mofo Party. Plan. Hell yeah! No, I love, I love, I love that this is plan based on one. a band, a band based on a plan. There shall be no slaves in the land, of land. Oh god, it's a Hollywood jam. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love this. This, this makes me happy it. that it, this is number one from you because it's. I like I said, I feel like this is the quintessential Chili Peppers album. This is to me the ultimate. You know, mm-hmm. like this is the one I'm gonna pick pick up if I'm just in the mood for a single Chili Peppers outing. Yeah, you know, if I think to myself, "Hey, I'm gonna drive somewhere. I'm gonna want to listen to them." You know, I'll either put the five albums on shuffle or just put this one on. And this album fucking rules and it lives up to its title. Mm -hmm. Like it's uplifting. It's a motherfucker. (laughs) And it's 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 just a party. Yeah. Ah, man. Like fight like a brave anthemic rap rock track right out of the gate. Funky crime, that fat, mm-hmm. heavy groovage going on in there. Why do Me and my you do friends. what you do? I do what I want to do. What I want to do. Don't blame me and myself, Stu. I told you, dude. <laughs> I do what I want to do. Oh, man. Uh, fucking me and my friends. Me and my, me and my, me and my, me and my, me and my friends. Me and my, me and my friends. Oh, Yeah. And there's like a, there's like a cool part in that song where it's like mm-hmm. all of those like rocking but psychedelic passages really make this album. Yeah. 
Um, backwards. Fuck yeah. It's got a good groove backwards. To it. Uh, like this is possibly my favorite Chili Peppers track next to Higher Ground. Yeah. Like everything I love about this album is in this song. Awesome. It's equal, equal parts funky, heavy, and vibey. It has everything I love about him. Um, skinny sweaty man is just skinny sweaty man. I can't think of that song without thinking of playing the drums to it because it's just such a fun flurry of what the fuck is happening but i'm totally on board yeah. at the same time yeah. um uh, so, some of the lines in it he's full blooded looney tunes <laughs> uh behind the sun yeah. is this psyched out tripper and i adore it it has like that sitar sound in there as well and boing, 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 boing. yeah it's a it's a great <gasps> song and it's got and it's a totally different vibe than some of the other songs on the album it, and it's, yeah. and and it's I just love it. It's a welcome shift. One day while swimming in the sea, yeah. a talking dolphin spoke to me. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, subterranean homesick blues, funky. Ah, uh, that's a cover song. Look out, kid, because there's something that you did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming you know like who, the, the, who did the, the original version of that song. I I don't actually. That, that is me. a Bob Dylan song. Holy shit. Yeah, it I sounds mean, very it sounds totally different. It doesn't sound like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean like it, after what they did to Why Don't You Love Me, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Like it like cuz that you know, Hank Williams is a major major step away from how they did Why Don't You Love Me. Like why don't you love me like you used, used to, to do? do? And then all of it, why don't you love me like you used to do? Yeah. <laughs> and then we get special secret song inside, otherwise known as Party I on want your to pussy. party, party on, your on your pussy, pussy baby. <laughs> oh, man. It, like, it's as fun as it is juvenile. I don't care that this band is just a commercial for Anthony Kiedis' dick. Because the songs are just so fun. The songs are so fun. <laughs> that's maybe that's it's, that's what they lost in the later albums. Anthony needs to make more songs that reference his dick in them. Totally, it's that socks on socks on cock spirit they need. Socks on cock. That's my favorite Dr. Seuss book. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dude, no chump love sucker. Like, oh, chump love sucker. Mm-hmm. This is almost a thrash song, which gains this album another massive bonus point from me. Mm-hmm. Um, walking on down the road, underrated as fuck, groove-tastic, bombastic, fantastic, know what I'm saying? All right. Yeah. And then Love Trilogy is probably like the weirdest song here, which is saying a lot. Yeah. <laughs> which, uh, yeah. you know, it, it starts slow with like kind of Anthony just rattling off why his love is so good. Yep. Um, it has a, it has a cool and, build to it though. Yeah. And it like gradually gets more funky and then goes like absolutely fucking mental. Just climbing that tempo up and up and up until Anthony Kiedis loudly nuts in the vocal booth. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I've always thought it sounded kind of like that. Yeah, it was just that, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and 
then finally you get Organic Anti-Beatbox Band, which is full-on party goodness. Yeah. Like, this is the song that finally seals the deal. And I feel like you could leave this on a loop at a, a party with people with good music taste and everybody would just be having a great time. Yeah. Say, like, just... If me and you cloned ourselves like about twenty <laughs> times, and there were just a bunch of us walking around, um, I, you know what? Yeah. I, that sounds annoying. I don't. I would. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> I think I would be okay with hanging out with ten of you, but I. I don't. I would annoy myself. I would just <laughs> go the fuck away, dude. Because I'm. I already don't want to <laughs> hang out with myself, and there's just one of me. I wonder how long it would take for one of me to pick a fight with one of me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be well, funny. That, we'll never, we'll never, fun unfortunately, social experiment. The cloning, that kind of cloning technology will will happen way after we're gone, unfortunately, <laughs> but um, it would be nice. If anyone's hearing this in the future, if, the, if, the, if these podcasts last for some reason for like a thousand years, how's everything going? <laughs> <laughs> Just in the archives. They'll be like, who the fuck is, or what are they talking about? The red hot chili peppers? Like, it's like, like, imagine how much of this music we talk about now. Cause you know, we're only, we're dealing with such a short timeline when it comes to the earth. Like that's true. G- give it, give it, a, if, if the earth doesn't, you know, completely get destroyed, you know, from, from the environment and all that shit and global warming, it, let's say we find, yeah. let's say we find a way to, to stop the world from, from, you know, from everyone dying and we last another um, a, a five hundred thousand years. Yeah. In five hundred thousand years, nobody. I don't think anyone's going to know what we're talking about right now. I don't. I. I <laughs> that, and that makes me kind of sad because there's a part of me that wants to think, "Oh, this music's going to live on forever." But I'm like, "Forever is a really fucking long time." And like, yeah. I couldn't tell you what music was popular in the 1800s, <laughs> and and that's not even that long ago. <laughs> I kind of like the idea of like people treating like classic rock, uh, you know, as it will come to be known eventually. Everything eventually gets swept under the under the classic rock umbrella with Oldies. age. But yes, <laughs> that's the that's the thing. I'm I'm reaching now a conclusion that like this will be eventually the same age as classical music is to us. And I wonder if like (laughs) in 400 years, there's going to be like funk metal connoisseurs that are just there. Like, "Mm, yes, yes. Red hot chili peppers, (laughs) metal ship slinky and (laughs) 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 beef. Or even, or even more so like go even further, go thousands of years down the line. And it'll be like, we're, we're discussing the primitive sounds made by humans. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> around around the 1900s like it's just oh, man. it's like remember they, they were so unevolved back then <laughs> Rem- do you remember the bass guitar yes that primitive instrument that went bonk to gink bonk bonk to gink <laughs> now we just think about songs and they get programmed into a into a studio and immediately the album comes out and we already have the 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 ads already made out of our brains and it just you know every everyone's a rock star in the future <laughs> have you ever seen that like really kind of elitist interview mike Patton did during like the angel dust sessions and he's like um 
I think the worst thing about music is that it's made by people. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> there are some great lines in that interview. The sandwich interview where he's just like chowing down a giant fucking grinder <laughs> while he's doing an interview. <laughs> That's obnoxious. Oh, dude, it was hilarious. <laughs> I'm a, I mean, I, I mean, I, I have to agree with this sentiment as much as I was talking about earlier, how I don't really like people and those people make yeah. music. So I'm like, well, I should, I, in turn, I should not really like music, but, and I guess a lot of music I, wanna, I don't like, I just don't, I don't talk about that music. I want to go back to people banging on an animal carcass. I uh, like that. <laughs> oh, I've seen, I've seen that, that interview. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but you know what? Like, get, to get back on track, if any music survives thousands of years down the road, and there is an album from the Chili Peppers that people are still enjoying, I hope it is my number one album, which is Mother's Milk from 1989. I knew it. I knew it, I knew it would be. This is so. This is why I'm, I I appeal to the uh, the I don't know the the. What's the word I'm looking for? The um, experience that younger people had with Californication and albums leading on because Mother's Milk was, like I said, the last episode, the first Chili Peppers album that I heard. And it just fucking blew my mind. This was yeah. up up until um, Nevermind came out. I don't know. Fuck it. Was it never mind? I don't know. I just remember mother's milk had a long life of me continuously listening to it. Like it was in rotation with my shit for years until, yeah. you know, a certain point where you know, all of a sudden other things started burying it. But I listened to it so much and it's just because it felt so much fun. Every time you would put it on, it's got heavy guitars. It's got cool kind of odd funkiness to it. Um, amazing songs, amazing performances um, from everybody. And it just doesn't ever get old to me. Like it's, but I think the thing that I love so much about it is that it still sounds fresh to my ears today and is still enjoyable, but also still sounds like 1989 at the same time. Yeah. And it just, it, I, I it just, fills me with such joy listening to this album, especially um, not only one of my favorite Chili Peppers songs, but one of my favorite, if I was going to make probably in my top 20 songs ever made, uh, Taste the Pain is in there. But, and, and I, 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 the only thing I can equate it to is that it is a song that attached itself to my life in a way that I hear it and I feel nostalgic. It just... Um, it might also have to do that it's in, it's in the movie Say Anything. I don't know if you've seen that movie, um, but it um, it it that's a that's a real nostalgic movie for me as well. Which is funny, yeah. Because like I I I the more the older that I get, and the more that I think about the movies that I saw in the theater that shaped who I was, Say Anything should not have really connected with me at all because it was about teenagers and i was like 11 <laughs> when the movie came out <laughs> but for some reason it really like hit home with me and i'd never even been in a relationship there's nothing about that movie that should have connected with me except for the fact that <laughs> i've always felt like lloyd dobler like i that's i mean i don't know how well you know that movie but um it's one it, i need to see it, it's it, so uh, john cusack's character in it is kind of a he's a he's a dude who who seems pretty cool, but he also seems kind of weird. Like he's kind of 
an, an awkward person, but at the same time, somebody that you look at and you go, he seems pretty fucking cool, even though he is kind of an awkward dude. And yeah, and hit the, hit the that's whole the movie. That's the movie with the iconic boombox scene, isn't it? Sorry, I had to get a drink of water. Yes, yes, the iconic yeah. boombox scene. Um, but it's it's got so many iconic scenes in it. But it, it but the the song "Taste the Pain" and uh, a, like a few seconds of an unreleased Chili Pepper song plays on a car stereo at some point. But I wow. don't I don't remember what song it was. But um, anyway. So Taste the Pain is just one of those things that because of all these different reasons has become kind of a uh, part of the soundtrack of my life. And um, I, I could say the same thing about the rest of the album. I mean, we we, we went through track, track by track. I don't really got a lot of other things to add to it because I think that it's just one banger after another. And, and Nobody Weird Like Me, also one of my favorite um, Chili Pepper songs. But this... Um, to put it into perspective for where, why it hits number one, it's the same things that I said about the other albums where um, it, it feels, uh, even though, like I say, with the one that Eddie chose for number one, that feels like the quintessential Ch- Chili Peppers album. This is the one where I feel like not only in the songs they wrote, but the way that it's produced and how heavy and out of control it sounds it feels more like what the band felt like as a band. It, it, it felt like they were a band that you could not control. You couldn't keep them in a box. Um, and it, it, it felt like it fit their live show more because they were way, they were very energetic, still are, but they're, ve- they're very energetic. And if you were going to take all of those aspects of the band not just the kind of music they make, but the vibe of what they were doing all together and put it in a package. I think Mother's Milk is as close as you get to capturing that feeling. And so that's why it's my number one, aside from just it being my favorite Chili Peppers album overall. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't have a lot more to add. The one thing that we didn't talk about, and I just want to point this out because I, um, I, I like when bands are this good that this happens, they actually have songs that aren't on albums that are some of my favorite Chili Peppers songs. Yeah. Um, one of them being Sick of from the Wayne's World soundtrack, which yeah. which was, I think, recorded during Blood Sugar Sex Magic, but um, put, on, put on that soundtrack. And that's a fucking incredible song. They also have a song on the uh, Pretty Woman soundtrack, that is called show me your soul that actually was a single it came out as a single and that one's fucking great too so it's like there are some bands that are great bands and then there are some bands that even their leftovers that they put on other things are also really great songs and so at the end of the day no matter what how i feel about where the chili peppers went what they did from the early eighties through to the mid nineties, they, they, that is enough for me to always and forever say that I am a chili peppers fan. They, they, they were so important in my life. They were, they were one of my favorite bands when I was younger and they, they are one of the few bands that still 
excites me in a similar way. Well, their early stuff anyway, the, uh, the, the same way that it did when I was younger, the, the, the vibe never gets old, um, of these albums. Yeah. So, um, but that's, yeah. So I, I don't know what else to add. Do you have anything else to add? We, we, we now, we now have our number ones. Uh, it's funny. Actually, I was watching, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air the other day. Oh and- yeah. And it was the episode where he uh, has to um, kind of just hang out with that really posh girl. And they his, end up his, in like a biker bar. His cousin? The No, it's... it's, it's uh, oh, what's it? it I've I'll, I'll, found the episode. It's the one where he wants to go to the... Uh, he wants to borrow the car to go to a Ziggy Marley concert in Nevada. But... Uh, he has to uh, keep an eye on his uh, Jeff uh, Jeffrey's old employer's daughter. Oh, okay. And and she's British, and that she just wants to have fun despite all of the uh, all of the um, sophistication she puts on. Yeah. All of all of a sudden, she's like, "Oh, stop being such a wanker and let me have some fun." <laughs> <laughs> That's the British version of Fresh Prince, where she yeah. calls him a wanker. Well, that's that's because she's British in it. Oh, so, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, so that's that's one of the lines. I'll oh, stop being such a wanker. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta <laughs> go back and watch all these again. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a secret message to my wife because she listens to these episodes. If we're not already back on watching Fresh Prince of Bel Air, we need to start now. Okay, there you go. As a, where I was going with that, higher ground is. The music in the background of the biker bar scene. Oh yeah, and that, well yeah, so, that would make sense because it was late eighties is when when uh, that show started. Fun fact, actually, it's it's uh, what is it? Have you seen the um, Fresh Prince reunion yet? Uh, the reunion special. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did see it. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. I to guess see. it was nineteen ninety when Fresh Prince started. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It, the, it was weird. Now going off on a tangent about Fresh Prince. The the the, <laughs> o- the only thing that I that I don't didn't like about it was that they had this really long uncomfortable conversation between Will and the original mom, but they didn't ever really say anything. Like nobody ever really said what each one of them did. It was like this sort of vague conversation where I'm just like, just say say the shit. I, I mean, you're both fucking adults. <laughs> like like fess up to how you acted, and so it was it was really weird for me. I think they might have been playing the uh, "we don't want to bum people out too hard" kind I guess. of game. Yeah, I mean, it so, was it was it was cool. It was it was sad that Uncle Phil wasn't there. It was, that was one of my favorite sitcoms yeah. ever. And um, yeah, for sure. But it's but it's been a while. Like when they when they originally released all the seasons on DVD, I watched all of them. And but that's yeah. been, that's been many years now. But now that we got we got the what's it called uh, HBO Max over here. I don't know mm. if they have the same thing over there. But um, the seasons are on that. Well, it's funny actually. Recently, it, it was I was mortified to turn on Netflix because it was on Netflix over here. Yeah, and I turned it on, and I was mortified to find that it wasn't there. And I thought, oh shit, Fresh Prince isn't on Netflix anymore. Like the thing is, I've got the first five seasons on DVD, mm-hmm. but I can't find the sixth season outside of the complete season box set. which is kind of pointless for me to get now anyway but like i thankfully looked it up 
and f- for some weird fucking reason, it's now on BBC iPlayer. Oh, so okay, <laughs> yeah. So the, so, that's Britain so for you. I have to a- I ask. <laughs> we're we're wrapping this up by not talking about the Chili Peppers, but that's okay. Um, I have to ask though, because you're you're a very big fan of that show. Are you also a fan of the albums that Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince put out? I actually do need to do a deep dive of. Do you know what we should do that at some point? That's li- I, I know, I know. I literally just thought it thought in my head. Oh, maybe we could rank their album because, like, the actual because Will Smith did stuff on his own. But if you take just the Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince album, I think there's only like five, maybe six I'll at lo- the most. Look it up. Let's have a look. And that would be our first foray into the hip hop world. Which fuck, I I love that shit. I'm quite happy to. I to, know a lot of people listening to this will be like, "Don't st- don't do that. We have to deal with this rap shit all the time, and you guys are going to ruin a good thing." You know? Well, you can go <laughs> fuck yourself. We're still going to do like you know metal stuff as well. I mean, jeez, <laughs> like, guys. That's, I mean, and that, that's the that's the thing is that every so many people seem to think that there needs to be a divide. Like you, if you like this one thing, you can't like these other things. And I'm like, man, that is literally not what I'm about. Oh, here, here we go, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. So they have five albums. Sweet. Oh, and look at that. They're all in that. And like, that's perfect era. <laughs> Oh hell yeah, eighty-seven to ninety-three, and and honestly, I don't know if I've ever heard Code Red, their last album. So that'd be an interesting one for me. But um, we should do, totally do that. We're not going to do that yet, folks. But I think I like I like the fact that we're opening ourselves up to to being yeah. a little bit more interesting. And and if there's any way for me to get Eddie deeper into the hip hop world, we're going to do it. So you know and. I I love you know that kind of uh, gangster rap also kind of zone and I love the G funk stuff and I love mm. I love the eighties hip hop stuff the nineties yeah. hip hop stuff and it's it's like I just need someone to show me yeah more sure. yeah, and I, that's the thing because you're, you're in the right place buddy I had the classic uh, white boy education of playing <laughs> San Andreas as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, 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 the reason why it's so great and would be fitting for our show is because hip hop, just like metal had its, the, all the best shit, like, the, like there's the classic stuff that's undeniable, but late eighties into early nineties is, is just like metal yeah. is a hip hop gold mine of great shit. Yeah. So it's like, and I was into both of those things simultaneously at those times. And so like that, I think that that fits because you're you're a big fan of that era, and and you know just like with metal, there's stuff that isn't that great, but there's just like so much, there's so much to get into with that music, and I guess that music is feels important to me because that hip hop is undeniably American, and I and I'm from America. Yeah. Whereas like if you want to talk about the music that I love when it comes to metal and rock. You can draw all these direct lines and they all go over to the UK. It's just, it's like, you know, it's <laughs> like, it's all connected to there. Whereas hip hop is American. And it's one of those things that makes me, I, I don't always say, I don't normally say things like I'm proud to be an American. But when I think of hip hop, I go, that is one aspect that does make me feel proud to be from here. That's awesome. Actually, I'm going to put that, I'm going to put this- music underneath that. <laughs> It's gonna be. <laughs> it's gonna be like my favorite. My I don't know why that just popped in my head, but my favorite 
one of my favorite speeches from a movie ever is from the movie License <laughs> to Drive um, with Corey yes. and Corey Feldman. And it's, it's Corey Feldman. James Avery is he, in that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Uncle yeah. Phil. The cup <laughs> was empty. Um, anyway, so my, I, I love that we're totally getting off. <laughs> if you're still listening, <laughs> peanut butter platypus, put that in the notes, in your comments. Anyway, so the speech is the one where, he, where they're on, they've, they've almost wrecked the car. And Corey Feldman's speech yeah. is, uh, that piece of paper in your pocket, that's not any ordinary piece of paper. That is a driver's license. And it's not just a driver's license. It's, a li- uh, it's an automobile license. And it's not only an automobile <laughs> license, it's a license to live. A license to be free. A license to go wherever, whenever, and with whomever you choose. <laughs> Fuck yeah. And scene. I, I fucked I'm it up out. a little bit, but I love it. <laughs> Dude, I am, I am fucking, I am ready to go drive somewhere and then be turned around because it, it's still locked down. <laughs> after fr- after a G- uh, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, we are going to do a ranking of Corey Feldman's albums. <laughs> And then it's shortly gonna, after, it's gonna uh, happen, our top folks. five patriotic anthems. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Proud to be an American. No, just, just get, the, no get the fuck out of here. That is, that is nonsense. Anyway. Too far. Right, so, so, there you, so, there we, so there you go, folks. For this, is, this ending, you know what? I think for, for uh, the vibe of the original Chili Peppers, we were just doing whatever the fuck we wanted for the end here. So it's almost like we're paying tribute to the band. And um, so that wraps it up for uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. As usual, please put your comments if you're, if you're listening to this on YouTube. If you're listening to this as a podcast, go over to, to wherever it is that you can leave a review and a, and a rating and do that because I think that has something to do with us being seen by more people or heard by more people. Um, we like but that. We, 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 and, and, you know, really, that's how we, we would like more people to listen to this. <laughs> But, um, so yeah, so yeah, comment and let us know like what your top five would be. Um, and, um, really I, I just, uh, uh, this has been fun. It's a fun, uh, band to talk about and not to give anything away, but, um, uh, we're going to next time we're going to be talking about another band that also is going to be really fun to talk about, but I'm not going to say anything else about that. Do you have anything to add before we get out of here? Bring your Aquanet. <laughs> dude, that gave so much away, dude. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> but no, you know what? Most people have signed off by now. Like if you, if you, uh, that's why I'm, I love the, no, actually nobody's been commenting peanut butter platypus. That last episode, it's so funny that the Red Hot Chili Peppers are one of the most successful rock bands around the world. Yet the, the, the first episode is like, meh, no, nobody, nobody cares that much. <laughs> That's interesting to me. Anyway, um, yeah, but no, Chili Peppers, do you have anything to add for, about that before we head out? Um, I think they go very well in uh, curries and spicy foods. They, they can't hear me <laughs> shaking my head. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that, that clearly that's a signal that we're done. We, <laughs> we, um, anyway, so that was, that was fun, Chili Peppers, and... Um, We'll be back next time with another another ranking. Um, but we, we, we do have some ideas that we're going to throw in to make things a little more interesting. Obviously, we just came up with one on the fly talking about Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. But I think that uh, um, 
we are we have now opened our minds to to seeing how far we can take this thing and um yeah how how uh, ambitious we can be so anyway uh that being said once again we love you very much for uh listening to us or watching us um, on uh, the Old Head channel. Um, and if you're on the Old Head channel, head over to the Eddie Sparks channel and subscribe to that because he has a lot of great shit coming out. Um, but that's uh, that's all we got for you for this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging in there to the end. For those of you who are still here, and Mr. Eddie Sparks, as usual, please take us out. Now this is a story all about how I said later, dude. <laughs> <laughs>